Well, good morning, and have a wonderful week. Thanks, Brett. You're still trying to get back at me after I tried to cut off a song last couple weeks ago. It is good to see you, and those of you online, thanks for your consistency in uh, your showing up and looking into God's Word. And I love the New Cuff family, and there are so many great things that are happening uh, in our church as a result of you listening to God's Word and aligning your life to God's Word. That is what we're all about to say. What does God's Word say, and how do I align my life to it? Reading God's Word is so, so important. It helps us to have the right perspective. The background of 1 Peter, why we're going through 1 Peter, it was written during the time of Nero, who was actively persecuting and giving uh, the followers of Jesus all kinds of hard times, his approach, Uh, was to do whatever he could to snuff out people talking about Jesus. What is amazing, this letter that Peter writes, it's so optimistic, and it's full of hope, and I just think, are you kidding? Their lives are at stake, and yet what he has to say, he's saying the perspective is so different. It's not, there's a bigger picture going on than just self-preservation. There's something bigger than just avoiding suffering And it is this, that God is not freaking out. He's still in control. God is still at work. Even when it looks like all is lost, he's never surprised. He's never overmatched. Nothing is beyond his ability to redeem. And so that changes the entire uh, matrix of, of whatever we may face because we do live in a fallen world, and so horrible things happen. And none of us are immune from that. But, it, but God says, I'll redeem what is going on around us. Max Cato, in his new book, You Were Meant for This, uh, he said this, The next time you feel the weight of the world, talk to the one who made the world. Isn't that awesome? Next time you feel the weight of the world, talk to the one who made the world. As your perception of God grows greater, the size of your challenge grows smaller. What Peter says is it's not our circumstance that determines our outlook. It's where we look to interpret our circumstances that determines our outlook. And so Peter's saying there's something so much bigger, so much bigger. And it comes as we interact with God's Word and allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us and to encourage us. You can never, never go wrong by starting or ending your day in God's Word. In fact, the more conflicted our culture, the more one person can stand out as a unique carrier of hope and grace. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you carry that hope. In fact, 1 Peter 2.9 says, For you are chosen, God has chosen us, and we have uh, said yes to that, that we are royal priests. In other words, that we are God's representative. We're a holy nation. We're distinct. We're set apart. We live differently than those around us. We are, very God, we are God's very own possession, and as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. You can tell others around you the night and day difference that Jesus makes in your life, even when it's the worst of times. Sounds about like the New Cov motto or vision statement. A group of people who can experience genuine faith. You'll always talk about, you'll always hear saying, it's about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Put Him first. Seek Him. Pursue Him. It's about genuine faith. 
It's also about authentic relationships, that we're in this in community. When Peter writes to this church uh, of the scattered people, he's writing to all of them. He's not just saying, you're on your own. Those of us who are called of God, we're in a fellowship together, and so it's important that we encourage one another. And then we talk about meaningful impact. We want to make a difference, that his, his message is so important for us to get out. I heard it put this way, the God of grace, remember grace is undeserved favor or merit with God. Undeserved favor or merit with God. So the God of grace makes his invisible grace visible by sending his people of grace, that would be you and me, those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, to reflect his grace, that would be him, it's about him, not about us, to a people who need grace. That is where God has placed you. It finished this way. It said, you've been called to be the look on his face, the tone of his voice, the touch of his hand. That's why God has you exactly where he wants you. Two quick stories, and then we'll jump into our passage today. So I got a call uh, this week from a person who attends New Cove who said, you're not going to believe what happened. And I said, tell me. And this person was doing data entry and came across an entry of someone who had lost a child 36 years ago. And so her job is to put the data entry so they have permanent records. And she said, I just felt called of God, nudged of God, just to write this person a note and say, hey, I came across this. This must be so hard as... Uh, uh, just almost uh, 36 years ago of this last month that this child had uh, passed away suddenly. And so she said, I just felt God prompting me to say, I'm, I prayed for you today, and I can't imagine how your life must be dealing with the loss of a child. Left alone, the person who received it did some Facebook stalking, found out who this person was and said, you have no idea what that meant to me. Somebody actually cares about my child. 36 years ago, this was huge, and I think about it every single day. I think about her every single day and know that somebody else actually cares. That is huge. Another person I talked to this last week said they were uh, shopping at Hobby Lobby, and they were getting some help, and the person who was waiting on them uh, had an, an, an unusual accent, not southern. They weren't blessed with that. But they were from Iraq, and, and so this person who's a new covey says, Hey, I, your accent reveals that you're not from around here. Where are you from? And she said, From Iraq. And she goes, Oh, are you kidding? I love international students. I just think that's amazing. I just, I just think that it's a great thing. And uh, here's my name. Here's my number. If you ever want to get together and just talk about what it's like to live in a new place, call me. I would love to hang out with you. Just left it that and, and thought, well, that was the end of that. The next day, the person that was, wait, uh, that was waiting on her calls her and says, you have no idea how much that meant to me. Yes, I am dealing with loneliness. I've never been lonely in my life, and I would love to get together for coffee. Are you available? Wow. So the takeaway, shop at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> so... Peter's point is, if you know who you are, then you know how to live. This is what the message is all about. We are to know Christ and not keep it to ourselves, but make him known wherever God has placed you. Open your eyes and pray and say, God, may I 
be a blessing. First Peter 3, 8 to 12. And this is also, for those of you that are sleepy, after you hear this, you may go ahead and take your nap. But this is going to be our homework, our next step. This is going to be how we respond to this passage today. First Peter 3, 8 to 12. Every day I want you to read verses 8 to 12. Slowly. Read it slowly, asking God to bring to your mind what he wants you to hear and what he wants you to apply. And we'll talk about uh, one of the passages there. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, and which is the, uh, a, a, a call that Peter, Peter makes here to let them know. Finally, I'm wrapping it all up as a result of how you interact with those in authority. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. How you in, uh, interact with those who, who employ you and also your relationships at home by putting, I'm putting it all together. So now he's talking about here's how I want you not only to treat those in authority over you, not only how those I want you to treat those who are in your immediate household. Now for the people of God, finally, all of you, listen to this, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate. Be humble. Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever should love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil, his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil, do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. It's so easy to forget our profound need for grace. It's just so easy to forget the profound need we have for God's grace. And it's even more profound that we don't realize how much it's been lavished on us. You'll hear that word in a few minutes. Lavished on us. God's grace lavished on us to those who desperately need it. And he's lavished grace on us if you'll receive it. But when we forget our need and we forget how much we've been given, it's so easy to treat those around us with disdain and contempt and, and to not treat people the way they, they need to be treated. You see, the, a joyful life of grace, again, Peter's talking to people who are in the midst of all kinds of suffering, and everybody in this room could identify with some kind of suffering, and he's saying, it's about your perspective. Look up. Look what God has done for you. When you look at a mountain that seems too, lit, too big, think about the one who is bigger than the mountain, your creator. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians four thirty-two, be kind to one another, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. How? As God in Christ forgave you. That's how we're to interact. So he says, so finally, verse 8, finally, all of you, all y'all, all you who are the community of faith, he says, be of one mind. Now let's think about this one mind. It doesn't mean uniformity where everyone looks alike and thinks alike. It does not mean that at all. It doesn't mean unanimity which is complete agreement on every item that's important, including those that are secondary, especially. By unity, the Bible means, first and foremost, a oneness of heart or oneness of purpose. That we would go out and we would represent Jesus Christ to those around us. 
In other words, the litmus test for relationships in our church or those of us who are, are followers of Jesus is not agreement on the latest hot issue, but on the biggest issue of all, knowing Christ and sharing Christ. Knowing Christ and sharing Christ. And so we try to give all kinds of opportunities for us to share Christ. Operation Christmas Child is another one of those easy endeavors with huge results. It's amazing what happens when you pack a box and it's sent over. We had a, a neighborhood packing party yesterday with several families. And, and the opportunity that Karen and I had just to invest in the story about why we send Operation Christmas Child boxes to the other side of the world with our neighbors. Just, and again, I, didn't, I don't even know if they know I'm a pastor. I don't really try to tell people that. People feel funny when, they, when I'm let that be known. Uh, I don't get it at all. I just know what high V. I'm not promoting high V. Just anyway, when I'm at high V, uh, I run into somebody who hasn't. I haven't seen at church in a while, and the first thing they say to me is, "I want to tell you why I'm, I haven't been at church." Thinking, Good, you should feel bad. <laughs> no, I think no. I'm a, I'm a normal person, you know. And so, anyway, I, I digress. So the point is, we've, we've focused on Operation Christmas Child, and we packed boxes, and we got to pray over the boxes. And so, again, it's just a simple, easy way to pack a box and know that every child who opens it, it gets exposed to eight other people. And it's amazing the love of God that is able to be spread by just one simple act of kindness and a box. This is, this is why I'm just such a... A, a unashamed, sold-out proponent of New Cove because we, we, we're unified on what ultimately matters about knowing Christ. And so in our, in a, when there's conflict or tension, which of course there will always be, welcome to the last two years, oh my word. When there's conflict or tension, which there will be, or stress or misunderstanding, which of course there will be, we're committed to saying, what does the Bible say, and let's, let's deal with it head-on, one-on-one, using a, de- using a delivery system of grace, truth and grace, truth and grace. So this means when it says, for all of you should be one mind, and then it says that we're to treat one another the way Jesus treated us, that means when you have your family reunion at Thanksgiving or Christmas... Yeah. Treat one one another the way Jesus wants you to treat them. Now, all of us, every single one of us in this room, we have an EGR member of our family. Extra grace required. (laughs) Thank you for getting that. (laughs) We all have it. That one person that just drives you absolutely crazy. So that doesn't mean that you have to invite them to spend the night. Just be tender-hearted, believe the best, offer the best, or set some boundaries. There's nothing wrong with boundaries. No, you can't park your RV in my garage. <laughs> set some boundaries. And some of you are looking at me like, EGR, I don't have an EGR in my family. Well, guess what? (laughs) 
man, I want to keep talking. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. The Bible says in Romans twelve eighteen, do all you can to live at peace. Do the best, as far as it depends on you. And some are just more difficult to work with. Regardless, we're to be loving in our spirits. We're to be a highly functioning church that just says, I want to do the right thing. Sympathize. So verse 8. So sympathize with one another. The word sympathy has, comes from two words. Suffer with. Suffer with. Sympathize with one another. Every person in this room, in front of you, behind you, and beside you, they are suffering with something. Something that has caused them to lose sleep. Something that they, they, they go to bed thinking about, wake up thinking about, or awaken in the middle of the night thinking about. Everyone has struggled and, and need and probably want to talk about it. How do you find that out unless you ask questions, unless you be curious? Maybe that's the best word for Thanksgiving holidays with some of those folks. Is be curious. Don't let it be all about you. Be curious about them. Ask them the highs and the lows of the last year or the last week with them. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted versus hard-hearted. Be tender-hearted. Keep a humble attitude versus an egocentric attitude. It's all about perspective, that you're going to bless. That that's your, your goal as you're around people, as you leave the house that you bless those who come in your pathway. That's what it's called to do. Regardless, we can still be loving. In other words, the church is meant to be a highly functioning, healthy family sent out to be different, to stand apart, to function as a healthy person, voluntarily deciding to submit, yield, which is an ongoing decision you make to place the needs of others. As I get close to landing the plane here, let me talk about that word sympathize one more time. Theologian Frederick Bonha, uh, Beekner, Beekner, excuse me, Beekner described compassion as this, the sometimes fatal capacity for feeling what it's like to live inside someone else's skin. It's the knowledge that there can never really be any peace or joy for me until there is peace and joy finally for you too. Wow. What it's like to live inside someone else's skin and not accepting joy until there's peace and joy for them as well. You'll recognize this. I won't give you the author right away. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can. Hate Cannot drive out hate. Only love can. Martin Luther King, Jr. So verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil, insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called. Here we are. We're called to be different. You, to this you were called so that you might inherit a blessing. You see, there's three different levels you can choose from to live your life. The first level, we can return evil for good. Well, that's just flat, the evil level, if you return evil for good. The second level is you can return good for good, 
evil for evil. That's the human level. But people of God are called to a third level. We return good for evil, which is the Christ-like level. Jesus is calling us. We're different than everyone else because of who lives inside us. And so we want to bless those who curse us. Bless, pray for those who seem to be our enemy. We're out of time, but here's, here's where uh, Peter ends this passage, this particular passage, verses 10 to 12. And this will be part of your reading as you uh, head home this week. But it says, For the Scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life... See it for many ha- and see it for many happy days. And just want you to know, as you read this, he's quoting David out of Psalm 34. Guess what David is doing in Psalm 34? He's running for his life. Saul is after him. It is a difficult season for him. And listen to what David says in a season that is so difficult and hard for him. If you want to enjoy life, absolutely, as he's running, I want to enjoy life. Want to see happy days, happy days. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. In the first church that Karen and I served, there was an an old lady. I mean, she was old. Her name was Ethel Crow. And she was so old, oh my word, she was at least in her 50s. And... (laughs) She just seemed old to me. I was in my 20s. Uh, and Ethel Crow comes to me one, one time after church. She says, Pastor Tim, you know, I've always been taught, and I'm sure you were taught, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. She said, that's why I keep my mouth shut around here. <laughs> Good old Ethel Crow. If you want to see happy days, then just because it comes in your head, it doesn't need to come out of your mouth right? Some of us have the shortest distance between our brains and our tongue, and that's a scary thing. So he says, keep your tongue from speaking evil, your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil. Do good. Search for peace. Work to maintain it. It's the eyes of the Lord. Again, it's perspective. Your your problem is not your problem that's so big. Your problem is that your view of God is so small. So... Think higher, think bigger, think on a different scale. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. May we bring a blessing, not cursing. May we bring heaven, not hell to people this week. All because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and the time we spent in God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you love us and you care for us. And, Father, everything I've talked about is impossible to do on the human level. But all things are possible when we are under your influence. May the people of New Cove be under your influence this week, beginning at home. And the second we take a step outside, Father, may we bring blessing, not curse, to those that you put in our pathway. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.